the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Hey guys, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you too. <laughs> Good morning. It is above freezing. Yes. Yeah. How do you like those apples? <laughs> I, I still have icicles dripping uh-huh. uh, in certain areas off my roof and yeah. things like that. That's that's weird. This 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 is... I don't know how the folks listening. I know some folks listen online. The folks up north, I don't know how you do it. I don't no, know. I know. Me I'm a, either. Uh, that was, That's why we're here in the south. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we God. just we uh, we get to appreciate the warm weather. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get days like we've had the last two days. Cool. Uh, today's the feast day of Saint Charles of Setsi, and we are going to offer up a prayer to begin our show in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, I do love you, my God. I love you with my whole heart. I love you more than myself, and because I love you, I will do everything to please you. Help me for the sake of that precious blood which you have shed for me. Help me also, O Holy Mary, for the love of your Son who died for me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. We will learn more about St. Charles of Setsi later on during our Saint of the Day. But at 10 after today, we're going to be giving you details on some various events in our listening area. You can find all of the event details at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Ken O'Gork joins us. He is the Executive Director of Secretariat for Evangelization Catechesis in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And today we're going to be talking about his collaboration with Dr. Scott Hahn. They have a new book called Breaking the Bread, Biblical Wisdom for the Journey Home. So as we are just a few weeks away from Lent, this could be a great Lenten companion we want to give you details about so you can really connect with God and have the best Lent ever Mm -hmm. uh, and prepare for that as we are weeks away. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us. He is a COO of Witness to Love, and we're going to be discussing marriage and family life. And in 48 minutes, Anthony DeStefano joins us, Catholic author. And again, we're kind of preparing for Easter with Anthony today. We're going to be talking about a cute and wonderful little children's book that parents, you can, uh, you know, communicate with the Easter bunny and tell them to kind of maybe stick this in the little Easter basket. This is a good one. It's called The First Easter Bunny, and it's such a cute book. So we're going to give you details about that and uh, how we can learn a little bit more about The First Easter Bunny. So Exciting stuff, you guys. You're looking, right at the, you're looking at the cover online. <laughs> yeah, I see it. Anybody that's watching yeah. the video, that's some serious ears on that rabbit. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it has a hat, too. Well, oh, okay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll find out all about the years in the hat, I'm sure. Uh, in the meantime, weather-wise, your guys are going to be happy to hear that uh, it's going to warm up today. Cloudy with a uh, possibility of a few showers, 30% chance to be exact. Uh, winds out of the south right now, 5 to 10 miles an hour. High is going to be 64, low 41. Tomorrow we'll see more sunshine, but it's going to be cooler. High is going to be 53, low 26. That's due to gusty winds coming out of the north at about 15 to 25 miles an hour. Mm. Uh, but no rain in the forecast. The weekend also looks very nice. It's going to be chilly. Highs are going to be around 50, but it's going to be plenty of sunshine. Temperatures in and around the area right now. Gulfport. It's 42, Covington 40 degrees, 47 in home of Thibodeau. In New Orleans, it's 50 degrees, and in Baton Rouge, it's 43. Those are your temps. That's your forecast. Don't go too far. Your gospel's coming up next here on Wake Up. Blessed Thursday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 3. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Previously, St. Mark quoted the smoldering fury of Jesus' opponents. Now he shows us that Jesus' popularity skyrockets among the people. As violent plans are fermenting against Jesus, he withdraws towards the sea. Time for solitude is hard to find as crowds came from Judea, including Jerusalem and Samaria. Yes, even from outside of Israel. Mark gives us the sense that the whole world is coming to Jesus. He also contrasts Jesus' power to heal with the frailty of his own body as he runs the risk of being crushed by the crowds mobbing him. Mark informs us that Jesus cured many, signifying a large number. The use of the word many does not imply that some were left uncured. The evangelist tells us the large crowds were pressing upon him, literally falling on him to touch him. Some of the afflictions Jesus cured involved possessions by unclean spirits. Unlike either the religious authorities or the crowds, these spiritual beings professed a clear and certain knowledge of who Jesus was. They could read the signs. Their prostration before him was not in any sense a sign of genuine worship, but a respect compelled by Jesus' irresistible power and authority. They had no choice. Nor was their clamorous shout confession of faith, but an expression of their impotent and frustrated attempt to render him harmless. This fit the prevailing false view 
that one can acquire mastery over another by using the individual's proper name. The reality is they were helpless. Jesus' conquest of Satan's kingdom began in the desert, and it is unstoppable. Jesus sternly forbids these demons to publicize their knowledge of him. This gospel opens a shift in Mark's narrative as he begins to show us that Jesus is establishing a new Israel, a new family of God, the church. Indeed, Jesus is the heavenly bridegroom who has come to woo and then wed his bride in the new covenant of his blood. All are invited, but few are willing to free fall into his awaiting arms. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sanders. Thank you, Jimmy and Father Chris. It's almost 11 after the hour on this Thursday morning. Going to be a nice one, to say the least. And we have some events we want to share with you. If you uh, have been wanting to go and learn more about the theology of the body, here's your opportunity. Total Vision is having a two-day seminar. They're going to do a deep dive into John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Uh, You'll get to learn more of this life-changing teachings. The seminar is going to be January 25th and 6th. Uh, It's going to be Thursday, the 25th, from 1 to 5, then Friday from Nine to six, uh, nine to five, I should say. They're going to do the overview of theology of the body. The very next day, January twenty sixth and twenty seventh, they're going to have another session entitled "Living from the Beginning and Loving to the End." Pretty cool. So, uh, the cost is only ninety seven dollars. It's going to be a Mary Queen of Peace Catholic Church. It's right off the Causeway Approach in Mandeville. Uh, Printed materials, lunch, and uh, all the things you're going to need for the sessions are going to be supplied for that fee. If you want more information, go to ccmedia.live. And Notre Dame Seminary is holding a gala and auction honoring Good Shepherd Award recipients Larry and Barbara Hedrick. And that's Saturday, March 16th. Um, and they're going to have a patron party at 6 p.m. You're going to have a gala and auction from 7 to 10 p.m. Then they're going to have silent and live auctions, dinner, cocktails, and music. Tickets start at $500 a couple, and it includes the patron party and the gala. So once again, for more media, go to for more media for more information, go to ccmedia.live. <laughs> well, there is a Bible study that's going to be taking place tonight over at St. Catherine of Siena Church in Metairie. It's called Genesis to Jesus, and you will learn basic Catholic principles for reading scriptures, scripture and understanding the books of the Bible and their place in the story of salvation history. Grow in your faith and understand your relationship with, you, with Jesus. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information and to register. Well, the men of Emmaus retreats are kicking back up. They'll begin on February the 2nd through the 4th. It's a retreat that's going to be held at William Kelly Retreat Center in the beautiful, peaceful area of Bay St. Louis. You'll have a scripture passage. Uh, The appearance on the road to Emmaus is what they focus on, of course. The retreat begins at 4 on Friday, wraps up on Sunday at 5.30 with a mass. Uh, Round-trip transportation is going to be provided for all of you in New Orleans. Uh, It'll leave from St. Dominic Catholic Church and then get you back at the same place. If you want more info, go to ccmedia.live. And a men's conference, another men's conference. 
I have called you by friends. It will be held on February 24th, 2024. It's from 8.30 till 3 p.m., 8.30 a.m. till 3 p.m. at St. Catherine of Siena. It's in Metairie, and regular registration is $45. Student registration is $20. High school seniors or college students 18 or older in groups of 10 or more get $10 per person off. ccmedia.live. Yeah, that's the Archdiocesan Men's Conference. Tis the season of the men's conferences, which is in February. So take a look at our website. (laughs) There's a lot of them in our area. Well, real quick, today women face new challenges throughout the busyness of life and struggle to authentically hear God's voice. The Cynical on the Lake in Metairie invites you to days of prayer that will help you to listen to God with hearts that are open to be filled with grace. Each of the talks are from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. with Mass at noon with 30 registration there it will include coffee muffins and a box lunch the first talk is february 21st but there's various talks throughout this spring you can go to ccmedia.live for more information there you have it okay we're coming back with more here on wake up it's 15 after the hour on this thursday morning this is franciscan media saint of the day for january 18th Today we celebrate St. Charles of Setzi. Some people go through life doing good deeds that attract attention. Others, like St. Charles of Setzi, just do good deeds. Born southeast of Rome in 1613, Charles was inspired by some of the early followers of Francis to become a Franciscan himself. In his autobiography, The Grandeurs of the Mercies of God, Charles explained, Our Lord put in my heart a great desire to be poor and to beg alms for his love. The young friar got his wish. He served as a cook, sacristan, gardener, and beggar at various friaries in Italy. As doorkeeper, he was kept busy distributing food to the needy. But the more he gave away, the more alms increased. Charles also was sought for spiritual advice. One such person was Pope Clement IX, who called for the friar to his deathbed for a final blessing. On the surface, little in the life of today's saint was noteworthy. But, if we go deeper, we see that his entire life was spectacular in his utter cooperation with God's grace. St. Charles of Setsi died in 1670. Pope John XXIII canonized him in 1959. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. after the hour on this Thursday morning. Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to the grind, as they say, and welcome back to Wake Up as well and tuning your heart to the truth. Uh, You know, this is a big week. It's March for Life week in a lot of areas of our state, in particular, uh, uh, on Saturday, the Capitol Front Lawn, from 10 o'clock in the morning till 10 in the evening, they're going to have events and talks and speakers going on, and the march begins at 10 a.m. Everyone's meeting at the Front Lawn around 9.30. You want to get there early uh, to kind of do that, and there's going to be a special mass at 8.30, so you want to get there even an hour and a half before Mm -hmm. the march begins. It's going to be uh, a, a mass, and I believe uh, Bishop Michael Duke is going to be performing and celebrating that mass. That's nice. And uh, youth groups, church uh, uh, petitioners, and, and participants, I should say, uh, they are going to be there. So, again, that's here in Baton Rouge, March for Life. 
and that's uh, January 20th. Man, let's fill it up. That's a Saturday. Yeah. The theme this year, right. here for her. There you go. Yeah. I like that. Here for that's her. Nice. That, that's a big, yeah. that means a lot right there. It so, does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what else means a lot? Tuning your heart to God. And we've got a, spe- a person we're going to be speaking with right now. His name is Ken O'Gork, and he is Executive Director of Secretary for Evangelization Catechesis in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> but the book we're going to be chatting about is he and Dr. Scott Hahn have teamed up with a book entitled Breaking the Bread, Biblical Wisdom for the Journey Home. Good morning, Ken. Good morning from Chile, Indiana. (laughs) Boy, we were just talking about that. We had two days of hard freezes down here, and we don't want any more. I bet they're not the same as Indiana. I bet Indiana has it a lot colder than we do. Uh, You know it. You know it. So let's talk about uh, this new book, because it's somewhat of a devotional, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Scott and I wanted to produce a resource that uh, that people could use on a a, a weekly or even daily basis just to deepen their relationship with Christ. So, so that's really how it's meant to be used as, as, a, as a devotional. Um, uh, I, I hear through the grapevine that, that some of our homilists are, are also using it to kind of help them, help them prep for, for preaching. So, nice. so it's, a, it's a multi-purpose yeah. book, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, it does, and it, it, it's it's really to help you focus on the mass, right? Because quite often uh, we've been hearing and we see res- uh, surveys about the fact that people do not believe the Eucharist is is truly the body and blood of Christ. I'm hoping this book will get us to focus on that. Yeah, that's part of the goal. It, it's centered on the Sunday mass readings, the three year cycle of Sunday mass readings. So it'll eventually be a three book series. Mm-hmm. We just we, we came out with year B. Uh, here in time for 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 uh, this past advent, but um, we hope it'll also connect the dots between sacred scripture and the basic doctrinal and moral teaching of our church. Of, of course, including including that about the sacraments and especially the Eucharist. So, how do you go about doing that within the book? How is it set up? So each it's a it's a few pages for each week, um, and it's not a, a a super academic book. You know, it's it's very accessible. So. Basically, Scott starts off each week with, with some of his wonderful reflections on the Sunday, on that particular Sunday's mass readings. Um, and then, and then I chime in with, with a, a little bit of catechesis. Uh, there's, there's a couple of, of, of doctrinal or moral points that relate to the readings each week. So there's a little bit of, of catechesis kind of sharing sacred tradition alongside sacred scripture. And, and then sort of the icing on the cake is, uh, is uh, some questions, you know, for personal reflection and, and discussion. Um, and each, each week's uh, pages wrap up with a nice little prayer, and then, uh, then we're, ready for, we're ready for Mass that week, hopefully to get, to get even more out of, out of Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we move on to the next week. So, so it's, uh, that's, that's kind of the setup. Well, good. That's so nice. really you would advise someone to, to read the uh, the scripture reading and and as well as the pages and, and the information that you share and the beauty of uh, of the writings prior to mass I would think and then try to live it after Sunday's mass. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah. This this will help people prepare for Sunday mass and and really, you know, hopefully, uh, especially by the by the grace of the Eucharist, that that mass will be a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, over the course of the following mm-hmm. week and, and until they're ready for, for the following Sunday's Mass. Absolutely. 
Ken, I'm going to change gears real quick. We all know that the Eucharistic Congress is going to be meeting in your fair city in July. Anything you're doing in particular to uh, participate with that? Yeah, I like what you did there. Change gears like the Indianapolis 500, you know. Like, you know race. That was it. That was, you, you're on it, man. Um, yeah, so, so, so it's a little bit of a both and. There, there's, a, there's a national team, of course, that's, that's doing a lot of the hefty living and big planning for the Congress. But, but as, as you would imagine, yeah, being the host diocese, we're, we're sort of the boots on the ground people here. So, so we're getting more and more involved in some of the, some of the logistics and, and just the practical dimension of, of you, know, what are, you, know, you know, what are the logistics of the Indianapolis area, kind of helping be those eyes and ears locally for this wonderful gathering. And yes, we hope that, we hope that uh, as many people as, as visit Indianapolis, Indianapolis for for the for the 500 race will will be here for the Congress. Yeah, it's. Uh, I heard they've already got 30,000 people signed up. How big is uh, Lucas Center or, or, or Arena? Yeah, it can it can seat uh, it, for for mass. You're talking fifty fifty five thousand. Um, yes. So so and and really. Uh, yeah, yeah, and don't forget we have we have Indianapolis Motor Speedway here as a as a you, you know uh, I, I guess if we if we if we if we overflow and need to all head over to to, to the speedway we could in theory I'm I'm kind of joking. What a great uh, problem we, to we, have! Yeah, yeah. No, so, so there's so there's there's definitely an overflow plan. We've we've got a wonderful convention center. Um, uh, you know, more or less adjacent to the stadium. Indianapolis is really set up well to host large events including large catholic events nice very good well we wish you all the best of luck we even have our own uh priest father joshua johnson is one of the guest speakers at the event and he's pretty dynamic and uh, i know he's pumped up to go as well we're speaking with ken agoric he is the executive director of uh, evangelization catechesis in the archdiocese of indianapolis and we're talking about a book entitled breaking the bread biblical wisdom for the journey home what would you recommend? Uh, would would you also uh, use this book? Because I've got a number of friends who are deacons, and sometimes yeah. they struggle with homilies. Would this yeah. book be a good tool for them? Well, on the one hand, I would never presume to you know <laughs> to tell a a, a homilist you know what, what what he should use to prepare. But but as I mentioned earlier, we already know. That this that this book is helpful, mm-hmm. um, and one one of the things I think this book does is it, it in again in very accessible language, uh, it, it just kind of helps. It helps. Uh, it it could help a homilist um, have some ideas about about uh, a, a basic doctrine or moral teaching that can be interwoven in a homily. Now we know homilies have to accomplish a lot of things simultaneously, but we we certainly hope that somewhere in there. There's a little bit of teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is a very—it's a very practical, uh, just again accessible language, you, you know. So so we we know it's helping um, deacons and priests and, I, and maybe even a bishop or two. I, I have no direct evidence <laughs> of that, but uh, but, uh, but no. I mean I mean uh, you, you might have seen in the in the front in the front pages several bishops have commented very favorably on the book. Nice. Yeah, and where can they get it, Ken? Well, we, we certainly want to support our local Catholic bookstores. Uh, I, I, I know I know that you guys are supported uh, by 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 those sorts of folks. Mm-hmm. So so anywhere Catholic books are sold, but but online, I would go to the St. Paul Center. It's just stpaulcenter.com. And actually, there's a coupon code. It's Ken twenty. 
Hey. Oh. Uh, so if, if, you, if you order it at stpaulcenter.com, look for Breaking the Bread, use the coupon code 1020 and get a little discount. You know, buy one for, for you and one for a friend, right? Yes. Yeah. Today, with today's prices on everything, that's a, a great <laughs> offer for yeah, sure. I'll take any discount I can get. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Agoric, thank you so much for being with us. Best of luck with the book. My pleasure. Stay warm, and we'll see you at the, at the Congress, guys. Amen, brother. Take care. <laughs> Bye now. Ken Agoric, Executive Director for Secretariat of Evangelization. This is good. And catechesis at no, the Archdiocese is, of Indianapolis. This is really good, because if you delve deep into the readings and everything for the Mass coming up, sometimes the priest isn't going to talk mm-hmm. about that sometimes it's a, a visiting priest with a mission or, and so it's That's like right so to know and understand it why you're hearing it and you've already reflected on it and that really helps out a whole lot oh it helps out a, a yeah. lot yeah. a lot i definitely uh, advise people to do that and whether you get this book or not you should do that with oh yeah scriptures. yeah no my, my yeah. wife and i mm-hmm. do that in fact you know we like to delve deep and 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 ask questions mm-hmm. and uh, about yeah. it because i mean for instance this past gospel we had a question who was the other disciple in the gospel it didn't say so we had to do some research and kind of had some theories and it was very interesting so when you're there and you're hearing the gospel yeah and and you're there and you're hearing the gospel in mass you're just you're into it yeah it makes a big difference well and it's this could also be a really good lenten companion too because we're always trying to do something extra instead of maybe giving something up this could be something that we could do that's different and hopefully keep that uh you know, habit going yeah, of no, uh, reading the Gospels yeah. and mm-hmm. and, and not just the Gospel. Read the readings, you know, the first oh, yeah. and second reading. Well, they tie in a lot. The Old yeah. Testament always ties in yep. with the New, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. good to, to reflect on that as well. It just it just keeps Mass fresh for you as you're going along. So Exactly. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, good. In the meantime, coming up next, David Dawson, Jr. He's going to be here. He's always got an interesting topic, to say the least. It is already 30 after the hour on this Thursday morning. Get up, get going. We're coming back with more on Wake Up. St. Joseph Abbey Caskets and Cemetery, just north of Covington, are builders of handcrafted mahogany and cypress caskets and beautifully constructed cremation urns, which can be delivered to the funeral home of your choice. Situated on the peaceful and picturesque Abbey grounds, the Abbey Cemetery offers burial and pre-planning options for cemetery plots and columbariums. Visit stjosephabbey.com to make an appointment. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damian Collado. Our next guest is David Dawson Jr. He is the COO of Witness to Love. And on Thursdays, he joins us to talk about everything marriage and family life. Today, we're talking about how to keep from settling for division, disappointment, and isolation in your marriage. Mm. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this isn't a fun topic to talk about, but something I think that either we all have experienced or will experience at some point in time in our relationships. Take us through this. Yeah, so one of the things I think recognizing, a couple of things. One is that when we get married and when we're excited about marriage, um, what we're excited about is, you know, unity, being on the same page, being excited about each other, you know, like, 
enjoying each other's company. Um, and a lot of times, the recognition is that God made us that way on purpose. You know, He made us to where we don't make sense by ourselves. We all know that. You know, we don't need the Bible to tell us that, but it does. Uh, we don't make sense by ourselves. And so then, when we do get connected with the one person that we belong to completely, that we're we're called to be with, um, that that you know, with whom we make sense, you know, so to speak, and then we realize that like being on the same page is hard, <laughs> and we've got limitations in our ability to do that well. Uh, because we're, we're fallen human beings, and we don't know how to do this well, and it's not something that that just kind of comes to us, uh, and we hit each other's limitations, and it hurts. We start experiencing division. We start experiencing isolation in the one place where it's not supposed to be, and uh, that kind of the kind of shock to the system, and then especially over the years, building of resentment and disappointment can be uh, something that we we as much as we don't want it to be there, we can tend to settle because we're just tired of fighting. We're tired of uh, you know, trying to bang our head against what seems to be a wall. Uh, we can't get through the wall. And so the assumption is, I think for a lot of married couples, you know, this is as close as we're going to get. Mm. And uh, this kind of pain is something I just need to get used to and just kind of settle for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's so sad. I know a lot of couples experience that um, and are going through that at the same time. Dave, how do you, mm. how do you stop from getting to that point? Yeah. So, unfortunately, we're all going to feel that at some point because, like I said, we're, we're fallen human beings and because we are a work in progress that, you know, as, as children, you know, we're, we're, we're naturally self-centered. That's just what babies and children do. As we grow older, we mature and we are supposedly, you know, getting better at being selfless. It's, a, it's not just kind of a spiritual thing. It's actually a neurological process that we're getting better at being able to focus on someone else's self rather than myself, right? But, uh, so, so we're going through all that, but, but the good news is that God is the one who not only made us this way, but he put us together in a sacrament, which means that we've got the power of Jesus' death and resurrection <laughs> active in this relationship if I take advantage of that. So I think one of the things that I've recognized in my own marriage and just seen in a lot of, a lot of other marriages is that a lot of times what we forget is that we're, not, that we're not alone in this, that God has not only put us together, but wants to continue to put us together. Mm-hmm. And God has the ability to, to, to break through what seems to be dead ends. Even if they're limitations in my ability to love or my spouse's ability to love, they're not limitations for God. That he has promised to say, look, I got you. I'm the one who put you here, and I'm going to give you the ability to break through what looks like a dead end. Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, there are no dead ends for God. And that's hard for us because we feel those dead ends ourselves, and we get to the end of our capacity we assume that God's like, hey, figure this out, get better, mm-hmm. you know, pray to me, but I'm going to, you know, basically like your prayer to me is going to be me being like, here's some, some good Bible verses or some good, you know, insights, see if you can make that work, read a book or something. When the truth is, he wants to actually get involved and, and do things that we can't do. So when it comes to our relationships, there really are no dead ends with God, that where there is a way forward, which means that there is potential for more and more and more closeness. That's what he made us for. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stop. We don't have to stop getting closer. That's going to be a continuous process if we let him lead that process and make things happen. So, so you're yeah. saying like, well, I mean, in situations in a relationship, it's like, okay, I don't yeah. want to die on that hill today. Uh, yet uh, yeah. that hill's getting bigger. <laughs> the hill's getting exactly. bigger and bigger, and you're just getting uh, slowly angrier and angrier or, or sadder yeah. and sadder, and, and suddenly it becomes overwhelming, right? Absolutely. Well, so, the, I so also the, think that. Yeah. I also yeah. think that it's important to have that conversation with your spouse at that moment mm-hmm. and say that there there's a there's a problem and to face the reality of that issue. Why are you unhappy? Why aren't things working out? But also to seek help 
from a trained counselor or therapist, and there are so many Catholic ones out there. The Archdiocese of New Orleans Absolutely. has so many wonderful resources for married couples. But sitting down, it doesn't mean necessarily that your marriage is in trouble, although it can right. be. But uh, it's 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 saying I want to make this work. Let's what can we do together to make this yeah. work? I love you. I don't want this to end. What can we do? Right. Because I'm I'm at a dead end. And for a lot of couples, yeah. that's that's where they go. And there's nothing wrong with that either. No, no, no. no. Honestly, joining a group with other couples, seeking couples counseling, these kind of things can be should can and should be done no matter what level of difficulty you're experiencing. Uh, whether it be no difficulty, but. I think without without prayer, and especially without prayer as a couple, but you know to be praying for what feels to be the dead ends in your marriage. I think without that, uh, we're just kind of often going to be just moving pieces around. We can get more expert pieces, and those can be helpful. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like we're going to reach those limitations, and there's still going to be limitations even with those pieces. So like, yeah, you got to get more pieces. You got to get more tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like if I'm not taking this to prayer, there will be limitations that can't be overcome in some form or fashion because like even if i've got the tools my strength will give out at some point you know Mm -hmm. so what what we've discovered is that if i take usually what we don't do and this is where i've I've fallen traps of this we assume that god really doesn't do stuff when it comes to these especially the really hard limitations Mm -hmm. you know kind of like when 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 bad things happen or watching on the news you know with hurricanes or you know, we're watching 9-11, you sit there and you're just numb because the assumption is this is too big for God. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to our marriages, especially the things that matter most to us and the stuff, that, this, these deep pains, a lot of times the assumption is this is too big, this is too specific, this is too messy for God. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't until I started, I was challenged to bring these very specific things to him and ask for his response. A lot of times adoration is a good place to do this because you're sitting there for a while you know, and you might be distracted, but at least there you're open to some answers. And after some time, you get used to doing that. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at home, you know, through Scripture, with praying your rosary. Mm-hmm. Like, give me, like, I, I'm bringing this to you because I know you've got answers. That sounds simple, but most of us are not in the habit of that. Right. And I'm bringing right. this to you because I know you've got answers, yeah. Hmm. So that would yeah. be the, I'm, I'm sorry, Damien, I go was going to say, David, what you're, you're saying is, it, it, if we, as couples, would do that yeah. from the get-go, then that would help out along the way, and in, in the chances of friction and and resentment would not build up to the point to where even when you say, hey, let's pray, and the other one goes, you go pray by yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. I don't have nothing to do with you. You, right. As Gabby was referencing, we've got to then use the resources within our diocese, which are available to us. What are some of sure. those, that, if you don't mind, that you may recommend to couples who may be at that point? Sure. Yeah, I think, honestly, any any resources for a couple prayer, there's a number of stuff parish-wise, but, like, Domestic Church is a big one down here in the South Louisiana. Uh, a number of places, too, but, like, Domestic Church offers opportunities for couples to have groups and accountability and formation for focusing on how do we do this together. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, like you're saying, if, if there's not a sense of hope, and if I'm not, if I haven't experienced it, like, there might be ways through these dead ends, then I'm going to settle. If I, even if we think, I get, things get hard, and but I know we've been through tough stuff before and God has led us through it. The hard stuff just gives me like this challenge, like, all right, I see this, but I've got hope. The reason this is coming up is because we're actually going to get to the other side of this. Yes. That's yep. good stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And RetroVi is a good organization to, to be a part yeah. of as well. If, if yeah, you're not familiar with that, look that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. A, For sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think uh, it, it's the... 
the one-time or two-time hits, the, the retreats, the counseling stuff is fantastic, but the, the constant maintenance and the constant practicing of there is a way through, like that's going to be uh, the, the, the real key. Knowing there is a way through. Knowing there's hope. Yes. Exactly. That right there is Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and when both, when both partners want to work together, when, bo- when the couple wants yeah. to work together, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's right. uh, helpful as well. Yeah. And in so. our society, it's too easy to settle, right, Dave? That's why our divorce Absolutely. rate is so high, but we can really lower it if we make the effort. Yeah, the assumption is there's quick answers a lot of times, but... God's got us. He, yep. he, knows, he knows that we can handle. Yeah. Well, David Dawson Jr., thank you so much for being with us. He is a COO of Witness to Love. Have a wonderful Thursday, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes, indeed. All right. Stay with us. We have more coming up right after the break. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. past the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with damian Collado and gabby smith and right now we have a returning guest love to talk to him this is anthony de stefano and he's a catholic author he writes children's books and they're all good because i know my wife gets a lot of copies because she works at the library uh at her school and these are wonderful books good morning anthony Good morning. Great to be here. It's great to have you back. So, you know, we're approaching the one of the most important, if not the most important holiday of Christianity, Easter. And uh, we have been talking about Lent, preparing for Lent, preparing all, uh, holiness. And uh, your book is about the Easter Bunny, because that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, no, I no, wrote I'm being facetious be- because I was tired of that silly, secular Easter Bunny hopping in and taking sentences stage on this most holy Christian day of the year. Yeah. Uh, we, as parents, we have to be very careful about these secular symbols. You know, we can't be blind to the fact that there is an ongoing culture war in our society and yeah. that our deepest beliefs are under constant and relentless attack. Uh, so in order to make sure that our core religious beliefs are not marginalized or compromised in any way, you know, that we have to make sure that the true meaning of, of, of days like Easter always has to remain in the forefront of any catechesis for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you you said Easter celebrates the you know Christ's resurrection from the dead and and the opening of the gates of heaven. This is the very cornerstone of the Christian faith. So we have to be vigilant that this profound truth isn't lost amongst you know amidst all the chocolate treats and Easter eggs. Right. Uh, so that I, I I wrote my children's book because I thought there was a way to use the Easter Bunny for a deeply religious purpose. Okay, tie it in. Can you give us a preview, or will that give it away? <laughs> No, no, no. Right. You know, this story uh, is, a, is about a, a, a small rabbit who lived during biblical times when Jesus Christ walked the earth and was engaged in his ministry of preaching and healing. It so happens that this little bunny uh, lives with a sick mother. She's very sick and she, she can't live, leave her bed. Mm-hmm. And when the bunny hears about this amazing man who can heal people with the touch of his hand, he gets the idea into his head that maybe he can ask Jesus to cure his own mother. Mm. And being a good son, he immediately says, out on a journey to find Jesus, and in the process, he witnesses the Last Supper, and hears Jesus actually talking to his disciples, telling them that he's going to be put to death and that he'll rise again. And the extraordinary thing is that the bunny believes him. He knows that Jesus must be from God because he's healed so many people. So he follows him, and he ends up being present at the crucifixion, and even goes to the tomb and sees Jesus' uh, resurrection. It's because of his faith that he becomes a witness to all this, and, and as a result, he, his life does undergo a transformation. Well, there you go. 
go. Okay, so the Easter Bunny can be there, but uh, he has a much, much deeper, deeper meaning. That is that is fantastic, uh, Anthony. What? How do you? How are you inspired? You you've got a lot of children's books, and and they're really interesting. They're 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 cute. They're funny, and uh, but the, but they tie into the faith. How does this come to you? I. Uh... <laughs> I pray a lot. I pray the rosary every single day. I right. try to get to Mass when I can. I go to Eucharistic Adoration. I try to go right before Jesus. I, when I was younger, uh, I, I, I thought that I didn't have any kind of good imagination. I, 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 lament, I lamented the fact that I, that I couldn't come up with stories. But sometime in my late 20s, I, I became committed to my Catholic faith. I actually did a uh, consecration to Jesus through Mary okay. using St. Louis de Montfort's old, old yeah. formula. And I have to yeah. tell you, after that, the, the gates just opened up, and, and I've written something close, close to 30 books in the last 20 years. So I have to give all credit to uh, the Blessed Mother and to, to the grace of God. Now, you write the books, didn't you have other illustrators, or do you do any of the illustrations in these children's books? Oh, no, I wouldn't okay. do that to my <laughs> <laughs> I illustrated the book. I used only the very best illustrators in this particular book, a man named Richard Cowdery, who is a New York Times bestseller. He did the Marley and Me series, the Fiona the Hippo series. He's done a lot of mainstream work. He's just absolutely brilliant at illustrating animals, uh, and he's a- able to give these uh, animals like the Easter Bunny very human-like expressions and feature. And after all, mm-hmm. you know, we have to remember, these books, they're, they're not really about animals. They're about people. We yes. just used animal characters uh, so that children could enter into the story more easily because animals are adorable. And, and, and my my feeling on this is that you know I want to produce Bible-based kids' books with powerful storylines and Disney-quality artwork. Why we're trying to tell the greatest story in the world here? Why shouldn't we have the greatest production values and the greatest illustrators? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And in, in fact, you have another illustrator that you used, and and one of the best books I've seen. And 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 my wife will say this too: Our Lady's Wardrobe, and yeah. uh, and and the images in there are just beautiful. Yeah, Gabby, you know that one, right? I love it because well, you know there's so, and it talks about Mary's different outfits mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Uh, during her different apparitions and they're breathtaking. Like Our Lady of Guadalupe, the illustrations are breathtaking. That's one of my favorite books to the state of, uh, of of the many that we get every single day. And I love that. Oh. I think illustrations is is what makes it because that's what the children are attracted to, especially the tiny ones, uh, the little ones. Whenever you open a book. They're focused on the colors and the vibrant and the, and the pigmentation and the, the, the illustrations that you find in the book. That's why they keep picking it back up again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it invites them into the story. Picture tells a thousand words. And, uh, and I try to use different illustrators, uh, you know, based on the mission of the book. That, that, the Our Lady's Wardrobe, the idea was to introduce children to Mary and to show children that she's real. She's yes. not some cartoon character, so I wanted mm-hmm. to have realistic illustrations. In this book, because it involves an animal, I wanted to get someone who could illustrate animals and give them human expressions. And that's why I picked Richard Cowdery. This is great. This is and great. Because I, I does the Easter Bunny have a name? No, I don't give him. I don't. I try not to give any of these he, characters names. Oh, yeah. Okay. Children He's more of a background, right? Okay. Right. I was just I, curious. I like that. I like that. Okay. So the book is called "The Story of the First Easter Bunny." It's by Anthony DeStefano, and uh, one of many books. Go, but hey, Anthony, where, where can we where can we find this book? Because Gabby and I are going to be fighting if there, if we get a sample copy, we're going to be fighting over that one. So I know I'm buying one. <laughs> well, you know, I you know I'm I'm blessed to have a very large uh, distribution. 
in the network. I've been, this is my 17th children's book. So you can get these books on Amazon.com. You can get them at Barnes & Noble. You can oh, get wow. them. Okay. I always encourage people to use the Catholic bookstores, patronize our Catholic bookstores. Yes. You can pretty much get them uh, you know, wherever books are sold, as the cliche goes. That is great, because i got a ton of grandkids, so I'll probably get more than one. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, that's great. Thank this you. This is wonderful. <laughs> Anthony, thank you for joining us. I uh, can't wait to talk to you again to see what else you have coming down the pike. This Christmas, there'll be a children's book. I look forward to being back again. You will. All, All right. right, Anthony. Thank you. God bless. Good morning. Yeah, he's he's something. And these books are a delight. Yeah. You know, and he has got quite a few. If you look, I mean, I was on the EWTN website yes. just going mm-hmm. through, and my goodness, he's, he's got a writer. A, he's got a ton of books, and a lot of these are very familiar. If you saw him, you've seen them before. So uh, yeah. he's good. What a talent. Very good. Very creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, it's been a fast hour, and we hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to offer up our show, the closing of our show, with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I am grateful for my many blessings, generous God, for I know that I am well cared for. May I always be mindful of those who go without and of my duty to care for them. May I seek you with a sincere heart, knowing that it will profit me nothing if I gain the whole world yet lose my soul. So help me to see your good and gracious purpose in all my trials. Help me to see your blessings every day and help me to love you more. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. A big thank you to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for making us look and sound absolutely incredible <laughs> this morning. For those who are watching and listening to That's us, we could not have goes done on it without the, the both of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. lots of button mashing, oh, yeah. and it's they have like ten arms, and they're they're doing all and the good things. They're doing things. it all. <laughs> like <Right>. we, <laughs> we have a great lineup for you tomorrow. Father Burke Masters joins us to talk about his new book, A Grand Slam for God. Joe McGivney will talk about healing through addiction with his book, You're a Miracle: My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. And Terry Dixon of the Diocese of Biloxi will give us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.